Genesis 19, 1 through 22. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth, and he said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly, so they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast, and he baked them unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us, that we may know them. Lot went to the man at the entrance, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than any of them. And they pressed hard against the man Lot, and they drew to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out from groping for the door. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here, sons-in-law, daughters, or anyone in the city, have them brought to this place. For we are about to destroy this place because of the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out with his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters, and he says, up, out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy, destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to just be jesting. As the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, Up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be swept away in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand. The Lord uh, is being merciful to him. They brought him out and set him outside the city. And as they brought him out, one said, Escape for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley except the hills, lest you be swept away. And Lot said to them, O oh no, my lords, behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot escape to the hills, lest the disaster overtake me and die. Behold, this city is near enough to flee to, and is a little one. Let me escape there. Is this not a little one, and my life will be saved? And he said to them, Behold, I grant you this favor, that I will not overtake the city of which you have spoken. Escape there quickly, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is uh, it's a really interesting passage. Lot does not realize um, what Abraham seemed to have realized yesterday. And that is that the Lord will not be mocked. The Lord is serious. Um, this also just shows the sin of the city of um, 
Sodom. And it also shows that the sin of the city of Sodom was complete. I think it's interesting. Remember yesterday, Abraham said, what about 10 men? 10 Mm. people righteous. And it seemed like Abraham, you know, either lost his nerve or maybe he was satisfied with that. We don't exactly know. But here in this, it says every man of the city, even to the last man, surrounded the house. And so what do we find here? I think the Bible is telling us that the wickedness of Sodom was very complete. Right. So, Jennifer, what are your thoughts on the passage? Wow. Um, Well, there's a lot. Uh, One, I think it's just seeing, in contrast, a life of faith, even though um, Abraham was far from perfect. Lot has more assimilated. He obviously is struggling with idolatry of, um, you know, wanting desiring things of the world more than he desires God or to be in the family of blessing or in the place of blessing with Abraham. And you can see that where he's, he's moved farther and farther into, you know, before when he started out, he just lived near Sodom. Then he lived in Sodom. Now we find him. He's sitting at the gate. He's actually got some authority. He is of Sodom. I mean, he's there and you think about all the compromise and knowing what a wicked place it was, um, what he must've had to do to even gain that kind of authority. Um, And then you see this terrible, you know, obviously God is going to um, do what he's going to do. There's nothing that Lot or anyone um, can do to stop it. And yet he's um, still not humbled by that. Right. He's just, he's, he doesn't even obey. Right before him. Right. And he, um, it's like, it, it also has brought him to this place where he has, he's put him in a place where he has a terrible choice to make. I think sometimes people say lot was so terrible. He would give his daughters instead of like these men. But I mean, you think about what he has done. He realized he, he literally has the choice to either protect the angels of the Lord or protect his own daughters. I mean, it's an impossible choice that he has gotten himself into because of all these but, but steps even after of this, sin. I mean, lot is not, a, I mean, I think the point here is, to, is lot is not a righteous man. I mean, He's going to give up right. his own daughters, and then he doesn't listen to the angels. Right. They have to Except basically for, okay, drag him out of the city. I, I know. That's how. But tell me, I was reading um, this commentary that pointed to 2 Timothy 2, where it says, um, Righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among the, them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds um, that he saw and heard. So it's like, is he a. Wait, where does he it say some, that? In Second Peter two seven oh, and okay, eight, okay. Um, you know where it's talking about how God will rescue, provides a way out of temptation, and um, and Peter's kind of giving these okay, examples. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, that I was the same way, and then I'm like, it kind of threw. It's like, Wait, maybe is maybe he is like, righteous. is he um, just that kind of Christian who keeps thinking he can have it, he can have his life, um, and make his choices, and yet still. Um, you know, have God in it too. I don't know. It's a, this yeah, is a tough one. I mean, one. he's definitely, I mean, and then there's the idea of fear, the reality of fear. Right. Um, Because, you know, he doesn't want to go to the hills. He, he's like, you know, I won't survive out there. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's just in dark. He's, he's, well, and maybe this is also the point. Like when you live assimilated in wickedness, you lose your sense of what is reality. I mean, he's, he's confused. I mean, what in the world? How could it be more clear? Um, yeah, the, when the you're Peter passage this? is interesting because it's like, how did, how does, and why is Lot counted as righteous? Uh, you know, is it because of his relationship with Abraham? Like, 
right you know it's like is he justified but not sanctified to kind of right. use that right um that language yeah to kind of or use that, that idea yeah and another takeaway is i just um that the wrath of god is a reality and it's coming for people and i just think for myself like in this day when covid has made us so um, everyone so aware of death and fearful and um you know realizing that they're mortal that i you know, I've spent a lot of time, more time thinking about what's the right thing for me to do and for my family and to protect myself and others instead of really leveraging this moment. The urgency of the. Yeah. Like people are thinking about death we're in, right, and like right, we yeah. should be telling them. Yeah. Um, and God's wrath is real. But and obviously we should Jesus. always be thinking about that. Yes. Uh, but, and, and, you know, I think another like <laughs> the thing that you just so clearly see in this is just like sin begets sin begets sin begets yes. sin. Right. Like yes. the, the sexual morality of this city is now having in this effect where not only is there like sex outside of God's design happening, but it it is a sexual morality that is leading to this just, I would say, abuse of other of other humans. Like right. people aren't, um, there's no concern for this guest or this visitor. There's no concern for, um, um, you know, these are they're basically people are just saying like other people are here to serve my desires. And yes. And it creates such injustice and um, abuse in every area. Right. And then that's interesting because that word keeps coming up. There was an outcry an outcry. I and mean, it was so bad that people were yeah, the crying outcry out sin, yeah. right for God to do something. Well, good stuff for Jennifer McClish. I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.